Morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Didn't sound real convincing, but I'm going to take that. Let me uh, let me get organized here. I've got uh, I've got 20 pages of material. I've got one page I want to be sure and read to you, and we're going to go 100 miles an hour. So let me say a couple of things. Um, as you can see, we're down a little bit. It's Camp Deer Run Middle Sunday. If you don't know what Camp Deer Run is, um, it's a great Christian camp, and most of our youth go this two-week period. So on the middle Sunday, most of our church is gone. And because uh, I don't think they let you come on Wednesdays anymore, so Sundays are great days. And we, uh, seriously, we may have 50 or 60 of our church at Camp Deer Run today. Isn't that awesome? So uh, we'll count them and we'll hit them up for contribution. <laughs> I think they should give double. So, uh, and another thing, I wanted you to, I know you read your bulletin. <laughs> Most of the time, um, you've been seeing in there and you're going to be hearing about, um, you may not know, this is Pine Tree's 50th anniversary year. 50 years ago today, um, two congregations got together and said, hey, we need to plant a church in the Pine Tree area. Isn't that awesome? And we are reaping the benefits of 50-year-old vision. Some of y'all were here much younger and uh, so we're going to have a celebration. I believe it's in November. On November the 9th, we're going to tell you more about that. But I just wanted you to know that um, all year long, we're, we can celebrate. It, this is our year of Jubilee. That's awesome. And you can clap for that. We, uh, thanks, Scott. I'm going to do several lessons on questions that I get asked. Um, I get asked all kinds of questions. You get asked all kinds of questions. Um, any, those security questions, what's your mother's maiden name, high school graduation, your first pet's name, where were you born, those kind of questions. You'll leave here today, where do you want to eat lunch, um, those kind of questions. We get asked all kinds of questions, and I do too. And I'm guessing most of the questions that I'm going to share with you that maybe you get asked, and so we'll just kind of work through some questions. And you may or may not like the way I answer the question, but if I can maybe give you some material on how to answer some questions. So last week we looked at, um, this is all kind of one question. Does your church have a dress code? Do I have to dress up to come to your church? What if I don't have a coat and tie? Will I get kicked out if I don't dress correctly? And you may laugh at that, but I told you last week I'm probably asked that question more than any other question. Invite someone to church, well, yeah, I don't have any dress clothes. Do I have to? I get asked that question probably more than any other. So this week I picked another question. I wanted to have some fun with it. It's probably one of my top ten questions that I get asked. So um, here's this week. I call it question questions because I get asked in a couple of different ways. So this is one question formed a lot of different ways. Are you ready? We're going to have some fun today. Just relax. Don't get real tense. Take a deep breath. Why doesn't your church have a piano or organ? Can you not afford one? Why doesn't your church believe in music? Why do people in your church get so upset and 
judgmental about those who use instruments in worship. So we're going to lump all that together, and that's just one question that I want to look at, and I'm going to give you some possible answers. Now, you need to know, I'm up here so I get to answer. And I know you may not answer the way I answer. As a matter of fact, I'm fixing to give you all the answers that pretty much I've ever heard to that, so it's not necessarily my answer, and then I'm going to give you how I answer the question. So we're going to kind of work through that. Um, And I know it's a sensitive subject. Instrumental music always seems to be a sensitive subject, and I don't want to strike a chord with you. Okay, we're relaxing. That's good. That's good. Ask most folks on the street, ask most folks you work with, ask most folks that know anything about Churches of Christ, and say, hey, what do you know about us? What do you know about Churches of Christ? It used to be, they might say, well, you guys think you're the only ones going to heaven. That might be a question a couple sermons down. And how come you don't have a piano or organ? Can you all not afford one? So two of our identifying marks traits for a number of years was we think we're the only ones. And for some reason, we don't use instruments in worship. So that's changing though in the sense that if I said churches of Christ used to be identified that way a lot of churches of Christ can't be identified that way anymore I'm sure you know in your travels there's churches of Christ that have instruments in worship I'm sure you know in your travels there's some well-known churches of Christ that have instruments in worship they'll have what they call a traditional worship which means no instruments and then they'll have a Modern worship, which means they use instruments. So it's kind of interesting. What does this church believe? What do we believe? It's pretty obvious that we don't have instruments in worship. So just in case you're wondering, that's what this church believes. You know, we're not really the only ones to struggle with um, the instrumental music question. If you were to read some church history, Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians have all struggled with that same question. So we're not the only ones when it comes to struggling with that question. Can your church not afford a piano? It has nothing to do with money. You know it has nothing to do with money. I couldn't even tell you what that stuff costs. But it's not a money question. Does your church not believe in music? It's interesting because people will associate instruments with music. And so if we sing, it's not considered music. So, yeah, we believe in music and we sing and we have song books and those kind of things. So they just kind of ask the question that way. The word acapella is really two words. In America, we've made it one word, acapella, but technically it's two words, acapella. If you want to get real technical, you can look up the Latin, you can look up Italian, you can look up all of that. If you look it up in the dictionary, acapella simply means, according to the dictionary, without musical accompaniment. Which simply means we sing and we have no instruments that accompany our voices, just voices. That's what acapella means. So... I want to give you some answers that I've heard through the years, and maybe you've used these, and maybe you still want to use these, and maybe they work for you. So I'm going to work on that. Here's some possible answers. The Bible says we're not to use instruments in worship. I grew up hearing that all the time. The Bible says we're not supposed to use instruments in worship. Well, here's why I'm giving you possible answers. 
Because I don't like any of the ones I'm fixing to give you. Because I'm looking for consistency. Because if you tell me the Bible doesn't say anything about instruments, I'm going to turn to Psalm 150. And you get down there and seven instruments are listed. That we're supposed to praise the Lord and praise Him with the trumpet and harp and lyre and tambourine, strings and flute and cymbals. So, to say the Bible doesn't say anything about instruments, that's not a real good argument. And really, I don't want to have to argue over instruments in worship, but we seem to be pretty well known for arguing over that. But I was raised in the Church of Christ. I've always been in the Church of Christ. I don't know anything but the Church of Christ. So I know Church of Christ answers, and Church of Christ people will say, well, yeah, but that's in the Old Testament. So that's interesting. And, and we'll quote Leviticus 10, which is Nadab and Abihu. You remember the, the sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu? They took censers, they put fire in them, they added the incense, they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died. So you shouldn't use instruments. Okay. It's always interesting to me that. As New Testament Christians, we use Old Testament stuff to prove our point. And we even use Old Testament Scripture to prove Old... Te- old what's the, it just doesn't seem real consistent to me. But I grew up using some of those arguments because I didn't know any better. And you know, there's other passages. You remember in Exodus 15 when they cross the Red Sea and Miriam and a group of women are praising God, and they're playing tambourines and dancing and singing to the Lord. They're playing tambourines. They're using instruments. And my response is, they didn't die. And then you have First Chronicles 15. David tells the Levites to choose singers and people to play musical instruments. And in First Chronicles 23 and 25, we read that there were 4,000 musicians, 288 of which were especially skilled in music for the Lord. They had a, a praise team of 4,000. And I'm thinking... They didn't die. And then you read in Nehemiah at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they had the Levites and they sought them out and they were supposed to sing songs of thanksgiving with the music of cymbals and harps and lyres. And I'm thinking, and they didn't die. So, but I grew up Church of Christ, so we can use Nadab and Abihu for anything we don't like. If you do that, you'll die. Just saying. So if, if the, if the, okay, so we think, all right, maybe not the Bible, but the New Testament does not authorize instruments. Feel a little better about that. And so I would quote to you Revelation 5, 8 and 14, 2 and 15, 2, where harps are mentioned in praise to God. And I grew up Church of Christ, so I know what you're going to say. Well, yeah, but that's in heaven. Well, I'm real simple, Okay. Is Revelation in the New Testament? It makes me mad they did it that way, but yes, it is. Well, then instruments are mentioned in the New Testament. If you just want to get... Listen, listen. You've been in the world, and you've thrown these out, and people look at you and look at me like, What? Where'd you get that? I'm just looking for some consistency here. So to say that the New Testament doesn't authorize, so let's get another possible answer. Well, we speak where the Bible speaks and we're silent where the Bible's silent. And the Bible, at least the New Testament, is silent on instruments in worship. So we're going to be silent. You do know we speak where the Bible speaks and are silent where the Bible's silent is not in the Bible. 
It's a restoration movement slogan. It's not a bad slogan. It's not a bad principle to use. But to say, since the New Testament is silent, do I need to go back to the previous point because it's in Revelation? Well, yeah, but that's heaven. All right? So that silent issue, um, yeah, I had trouble with that growing up because the Bible's silent on where you're sitting, church buildings. We've got four. The Bible's silent on vacation Bible school. We just had that. The Bible's silent on screens and projectors. The Bible's silent on... Songbooks, the Bible's silent on Rodney using a pitch pipe sometimes. You can argue that all day long. It's an instrument to help him get a note, but it's okay. It's okay because it doesn't bother us. So to say the silent issue, you know, there's some churches in town that don't have kitchens because they'll say, because the Bible's silent on kitchens in buildings, which the Bible's silent on. Just saying. I said we were going to have a little fun. I'm having a whole lot more fun than y'all are. <laughs> Some people say it's okay to use instruments because the Bible is silent. Some people say it's not okay to use instruments because the Bible is silent. Good people on both sides of the argument. My daughter moved to Abilene. She's going to pharmacy school out there at Texas Tech. There's some churches in Abilene, America... Churches of Christ, in a, there's other Christian colleges there. A Bible town with some sharp, educated, smart folks. Churches of Christ, and they've added instruments. Well, what do you think about that? I think we ought to go on to the next one. You know, to say that the Bible, we speak where the Bible speaks and we're silent where the Bible's silent. Well, the Bible speaks about greeting one another with a holy kiss. Washing feet. The Bible says in Luke's gospel that during communion they had juice, bread, juice. How come we don't do that? I mean, they did juice, bread, juice. Can we not hit the juice twice? The Bible says. And why don't women wear veils? Wait, I grew up Church of Christ, and so I know the answer. Richie, some of those things are cultural, which means we don't want to do those. I may be out of order here. Let's do another one. Well, some, we'll even give sometimes. And we'll say, well, even if we did use instruments, it only encourages people not to sing. Is that the best we got? Seriously, I, I don't want to encourage you to do this. But look around during the song service. We got folks not singing anyway. That one doesn't hold much water. Um, history tells us that the early church did not use instruments in worship. That's true. For about five or six hundred years, from A.D. from zero to about five or six hundred, history shows that the church did not have instruments in worship. That's not a bad argument. I mean, when Jesus was on the earth and the church was established, they didn't have instruments. And, you know, Jesus went to the synagogue, and in the synagogue they didn't have instruments. I'm kind of wondering what he did when he went to the temple where they had instruments. But history will tell you for five or six hundred years, for some reason. And there's research that says, you know what? All the pagans worshipped with instruments. So to identify themselves as a different 
body of believers, we're not going to use the instruments. So for five or six hundred years, history says the church didn't use instruments in worship, so we're not going to use instruments in worship. The problem is, for about 1,500 years, the church has used instruments. And five or six hundred years down the road, people will be saying, you know, there was a period of time where churches of Christ started using instruments. So the history argument has some validity, but it's got some weaknesses too. Because there's going to be some things changing when it comes to history. It's what my grandma would tell you. I'm just being honest. I had a lot of talks with my grandma. Solid Bible lady. When we put grandma, when my dad put grandma in the, in the nursing home, I had nothing to do with that. Um, you remember the books by, I want to say it was William Conchin? That you could go through every chapter of the Bible and fill in blanks and do your own Bible study. Man, she went through those right and left. I mean, my grandma read her Bible. And she'd say, now, Richie, if you use instrument in worship, you're going to hell. And I'm like, Grandma. But that's an argument we use because we want to scare people. Hmm. It's kind of interesting to me. There are many Christians who believe it's perfectly acceptable to attend weddings and funerals and banquets anywhere outside of this building where instruments are used and they might play religious songs and we're okay with that. Don't use them in this building. And, And there are many Christians, maybe even some of you, that when you leave here today, you'll pop in a CD or something and you'll listen to Christian music with instruments and I think you're okay with that because you do it, just don't do it here. And I grew up with a piano in my house, and my mom was a great piano player, and she taught um, um, one of my sisters a lot better, and the other sister not very good, and I lasted about a week. And I remember my mom and dad talking about church people being upset because we had a piano in the house. And when they found out, well, okay, you can have, it's okay to have a piano. You don't play church music on there, do you? Yeah, my mom had a hymn book on there, and my mom played the piano great, and she would even sing along. And people would condemn us to hell because my mom did that. Hmm. And many of y'all were raised Baptist and Methodist and Presbyterian Catholic, and you grew up with instruments, and you're sitting here today thinking, Why? What? What's up with you all? And you're thinking, I've still got family, friends, mom, dad, parents. Are you telling me that my family... We'll come back to that point. It, you know, it's, it's, all, it's, it's interesting to me that sometimes we almost thrive on keeping people out. Like we're the guardians of heaven. Oh, you use instruments, you're out. Yes. Like that's our responsibility. I read an article this week that said, Why are Christians so angry? It's a really good article. Okay, let's go on. One of my favorites. We don't use instruments just to be safe. I know people that use that a lot. Well, why were you baptized? Just to be safe. How come you don't have a kitchen in your building? Just to be safe. It's like you're sliding into home, sliding into heaven. Safe. Safe from what? 
Kind of interesting. So before I go to some... I need to roll. Before I go to some answers, let let me say this. Here's one thing that I read in the Bible. God does not vacillate. It's almost like... You know there's instruments in the Old Testament, and you know God accepted that praise. It's almost like God reached a point and said, you know, I am sick and tired of the instruments. We're going to spend a period of years, no more instruments, none, zero, zilch, till you get to heaven. Don't do it. God doesn't vacillate. Listen, 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 church. God loves praise. Kind of like the song we sang before... But I, I told somebody before church, they looked at me, they said, you all right? I said, listen, Sunday morning at 9 o'clock is piranha hour for Richie. Everybody wants a piece of Richie. Hey, will you do this? Will you get this? Will you get this? And I walk in here and we're singing that song, Perfect, Brother. Man, it focused me because here I am. I need to be, I need to be focused on God and I need to place Him on the highest place. And no matter how I do that, if I'm putting Him there, He likes it. It's called worship. So I better keep moving. Um, you should know there are only eight verses in the New Testament on the subject of music. I can give those to you another time. You should know that two of those where we talk about um, singing psalms, psalms, hymns, and singing to one another, those are not assembly passages. In other words, we want to say, well, those two verses say we should only sing. No, those two verses say we should only sing in our day-to-day lives. We should speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's not even a worship Corporate worship context. So we even pull that out of context when we want to make arguments about that. So, okay, here's one page that I said I wanted to read. You might think there's only one way to worship. Maybe you think that. You might think the way that we worship, we right here today, is the only way. You might think other people are lost because they worship differently than we do. You might even be very judgmental regarding the how of worship, but churches have been changing the way they worship for thousands of years. And as I said, churches of Christ are changing the way they worship. Did you see what we did? How perfect it is that things work out. We had two guys up here doing communion. You can't do that. Where's the authorization for that? Wasn't it awesome? As creative, as different, sparked my... I mean, it focused me. I mean, that was awesome. But it's not the way we usually do it. More and more churches are opting for a modern worship. More and more churches of Christ are changing their worship. Some churches of Christ have added instruments. So here's some things I wanted to read. People are probably not going to flock in here because of how we worship. But I believe they'll flock in here because of who we worship. People are not going to flock in here off the street because, oh, there's an acapella place. But they'll flock in here because of who we worship. So I put up some things to consider. There is no scripture that prohibits the use of instruments. Here's what I mean by that. There is no scripture that says, Thou shalt not use instruments. It's not in there. I just want to clarify. Just in case you've never read your Bible, there's no scripture that says, Thou shalt not. Okay? 
The New Testament never makes instruments an issue, meaning the New Testament never says, hey, hey, all right, listen, when it comes to instruments in worship, New Testament doesn't say anything about that. Jesus never makes instruments an issue. What did Jesus say about instruments in worship? Um, yeah, nothing. There's a difference between matters of faith and matters of opinion. Here's what I mean by that. In the opinion of some, kitchens are okay. In the opinion of others, they're not. In the opinion of some, Bible classes are okay. In the opinion of some, they're not. In the opinion of some, four-part harmony is okay. In the opinion of some, you need to have one cup passed around. In the opinion of some, many cups need to be passed around. In the opinion of cleanliness and you germophobics... You like the second option. In the opinion of some, it's okay to use instruments. There are matters of faith and there are matters of opinion. Let's go on. Not everything is a salvation issue. Whether or not you decorate your house for Christmas is not a salvation issue. It used to be. Whether or not you observe and recognize Easter is not a salvation issue. It used to be. And in my opinion, instrumental music is not a salvation issue. Just hold on to that a little bit. Confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's a salvation issue. Recognizing Jesus Christ as the Son of God, that's a salvation issue. Being baptized into Jesus Christ, that's a salvation issue. Instrumental music, it is not our place to condemn or judge those who use instruments in worship. You need to know something about this preacher. I'm not going to condemn people for using instruments. I'm not going to condemn people. What other churches do, that's what other churches do. What other churches of Christ do, that's what other churches of Christ do. It's not my place to send people to hell. It's not my place to condemn. It's not the church's place to do that. I don't want to be known for condemning people and judging people and sending them to hell. As a matter of fact, I don't want to be known as the church that has it right on instrumental music. I'm going to come back to that. Before I get to my answer, let me read this to you. My salvation is not dependent on where I go to church. My salvation is not dependent on how I worship in that church. My salvation is not dependent on being right or mostly right. You know why I'm going to be saved? Because I'm right. Please don't hold to that argument. My salvation is not dependent on my works, my right thinking. My salvation is dependent on Jesus Christ. And I believe, I believe He will save me even when I'm wrong. If I'm wrong on instrumental music, I think God can save me. If I'm wrong on marriage, divorce, and remarriage, I believe God can save me. If I'm wrong on, you can fill in the list. God's not going to save me because I'm right. I want to be right. I try to be right. I want to do what the Bible says. But when I'm wrong, it's called sin, and I think God can save me. I believe He saves me when I sin. I believe He saves me if 
I have some issues wrong. So here's my answer. Why doesn't your church use instruments? This is my answer. You can use all of those answers I just gave you. And there's validity in parts of all of those answers. And there's some truth in all of those answers. But when people can pick and just really chew up our answers, I I just want to have something consistent where they say, Oh, okay. Here's my answer. We choose not to use instruments in worship. So if you want to worship with instruments, you're more than welcome to go to another church in town. Love for you to worship here. But you know what? We choose not to use instruments. We choose, we love, we like the singing of voices. We think that's what the New Testament commands. We're supposed to sing. But even at that, it's not that we don't want to spend the money. It's not that we don't like instruments. We like to worship the way we worship, a cappella, without instruments. That's my answer. But let me give you a better, better question. A better question than why doesn't your church? Here's a better question to engage people in. I don't want to be known as the church that has it right on instrumental music. I don't even want to talk to people about instruments in worship. I want to talk to people about Jesus. Can I tell you what Jesus has done for me? Can I tell you what Jesus has done for you? That's the good news. The good news isn't instrumental music. Jesus didn't die on the cross to settle the instrumental music issue. Jesus didn't die on the cross to settle Bible classes or not. Jesus didn't die on the cross for a lot of the issues we have. You know why Jesus died on the cross? The good news is so that we could be right with God. So that we could have right standing with God. So that we could be justified before God. So that we could have our sin debt paid. So that I can live day to day victoriously because Jesus has paid my way. That's the good news. And that's what I want to focus on. And that's what I want to talk to people about. So when people say, hey Richie, how come your church doesn't... I just say, listen, instrumental music is not an issue with me. An issue with me is, are you right with God? And can I tell you about Jesus? That is way more important to me. Really thought that was worth an amen, but we'll go on. Thank you. Two more things. I'm I'm trying to go fast. We choose to worship without instruments. Some of y'all choose to raise your hands. Some of y'all would rather people not choose to do that. Some of y'all choose to pray on your knees. Some of y'all choose to walk out of worship and not go to Bible class. Some of y'all choose to do a lot of different things. Because following God is a choice. And every day we live, we make a choice as to how much we want to follow God and the choices we make kind of determine where our faith goes. Our life is about choices. And so when it comes to worship, people choose to worship in a lot of different ways. Some of y'all might choose to clap. Some of y'all, even when not prompted, choose to say amen. We choose to worship and respond to God in different ways. And I think that's okay. And I want to say one other thing. I always have to say this. I feel obligated to say this. Because I'm Church of Christ and I know what you're thinking. I know why Richie's teaching this sermon. Because he wants a piano in here next week. I've been here 17 years. And even if I did, 
it's not going to happen. Fifty years down the road, I don't know where Pine Tree is going to be, but after 17 years, I know what elders believe and men who want this church in the direction of this church to believe. So this isn't about my preference and what I want. This is about what does the Bible say because people are... I saw a church the other day that was looking for a preacher, and they want that preacher to preach on the cultural issues of the day. And they listed them. One of the cultural issues was instrumental music. Folks, the culture is not fussing about instruments in worship. (laughs) But to some churches, that's important. But to this church, what's important is that you know Jesus. And that you respond to Jesus. And so we offer the invitation of Jesus. That you would respond to Jesus and give your life to Jesus and submit to Jesus and follow the will of Jesus. And as you live each day and you wake up each day, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? You get to make those choices. And that's the kind of church that will attract people. And that's the kind of church that people want to attend because we're not forcing things on people and we're not responding to questions in unbiblical ways. So we offer the invitation of Jesus Christ. If you need to respond, I'll meet you down front. If you want to meet with our shepherds in the back, they'll take you to a room and pray with you privately. If you need to respond to Jesus, we want to encourage you to do that while we stand and sing.